Welcome to Healing from the Chair, where we take the healing element of a salon experience and we convert that into podcast form, allowing us to continue to grow, continue to introduce conversations that are needed in our community. I'm Paris. I'm Dory. And this this is is Healing Healing from from the the Chair. So today's topic is having a safe space. And one of the things that we're going to discuss is like define your your safe space. What do you consider like what elements would your safe space require? It could be like basically anywhere, Mm -hmm. but just like like you and I, like I would like to have a space to where I can openly be myself. I don't feel like I'm being judged or ridiculed or looked at differently because of you know my thoughts or how I say things or how I perceive things Mm -hmm. you know I can relate to that I believe um for me a safe space includes um you know a place that I I can have some confidential information Mm -hmm. um if I need to because I am considered the strong friend a lot of the time. Oh, yes. <laughs> if I need to to be the crybaby, if I need to, you know, um, if I need a hug, I know right. that a safe space represents that, a place where I know that I can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, the, the strong friend is the space for everybody, but I, when you don't have it for yourself, like... It can be very chaotic, you know, and we live in a world where everything is like televised or everything is, um, you know, a story time, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't want there to be um, like my safe space has to be unwavering. It's not um, compromised. And it's not like, oh, I have this information on this person. Do you want it? Like. If you sit with somebody and you tell them a raw thought, right? Mm-hmm. And there and let's say it, it's a a time where you you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're sad. When you see in your sadness someone looks like happy in your sadness. Right. Or like you know like I'm a really I'm really big on energy. I'm mm-hmm. really big on like your body language. Right. Like if you get really excited or like kind of like, "Oh, I got some information." You know that type right. of right. you know vibe that will you you no longer a safe space. Like you know right. like why are you excited or thrilled behind thrilled this? Yeah, behind. that see so, me like vulnerable or mm-hmm, see me fail. Like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, like, are you a safe space for somebody? And if so, uh, what qualified you as that safe space? For mm-hmm. me, I think it's just um, being myself. I, I think I became a safe space on accident. <laughs> like, you know, like, be, maybe it's because I desire to have a safe space with people. So I, I try to be what I need, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe that's why you say like, I'll push you into doing things. Yeah, which I'm so grateful for. Cause even me and my boyfriend was talking about this. It was like, before this, you were like scared and timid and you wouldn't do certain things and you could constantly question yourself. And now I see, I see more confidence in you. And I said, it's because I have a friend that she pushes me. That makes me want to be better. That makes me want to do things that I felt like was never possible, you know? 
Yeah, um, and I, I would say um, I, I'm blessed to even be considered someone's safe space. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I strongly believe that when God works through me and uses me as a vessel, those type of conversations come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't solely give myself credit as like, oh, it's me. You know, right. um, it's it may be what's in me. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I, I consider you to be a safe space. I know that, you know, from the very beginning, you, first of all, you were always, when I met you, you were like a light of energy, <laughs> you know, like in a, in a job that it was like, Oh, I don't want to come here, you know? And then I would just see you in the hallway and you just had this light, you know, like mm-hmm. to be able to be a light in a very dark place. I think that's your your gift um, is because your natural self was just a healing element, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so thank you for being a safe space for me, too. You're welcome. So one of the uh, main things in holding a safe space for someone could be uh, cultivating empathy in that mm-hmm. space. Um, and that I think that that would be my example of by accidentally <laughs> becoming someone's safe space is because I'm such a, like, I'm an empathic person, right. naturally. Mm-hmm. So, um, even though y'all get my gangster side, you know, I got this hard interior, uh-huh. a stone face that uh, look like I can't be your friend. <laughs> if you get past the resting face, I have a very empathic heart. Like, and I think maybe the stone face kind of... It was a guard. Pre- it was a guard. It protects me. Mm-hmm. From people with ill intentions a yeah. lot of the time, you know? Because you're empathic. Because yeah. you can feel people and everything. So that is like, you know, a safe gate or a yeah. guard to like, to for your heart, mm-hmm. for your sake, for your mind. Because mm-hmm. you don't want nobody coming tearing you down. Right. You know? Because you're just a soft, genuine person. Even though like, it's funny because when I, I really first met you, mm-hmm. I remember walking down the hallway. I did not see that. I see, because you, you broke through. You was yeah. like, hi, I'm doing I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> but it, it's just like, when I saw you, I just saw like this this cool looking person. And it's just like, okay, be real. Black girl. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, okay, I can relate to you. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the same. Mm-hmm. We, we can talk, you know? But you never came off as like this rough person mm-hmm. i've always seen like this very delicate soft person well thank you i, I, I think I you saw past, me i saw past the mask yeah very yeah. few people actually see me does that make sense i'm like the funny friend or the mm-hmm. like you know those surface layers of me yeah and i can tell by like the way someone introduces me what layer i've allowed to be, for them to pull back mm-hmm. in that guard i appreciate that we were two black girls working in a quote-unquote corporate kind of establishment and we weren't enemies right like i really appreciate and that's a part of being a safe space Mm -hmm. too is you know if we're working together or we're in a space like we don't have to be enemies right if we're in the same field we don't have to be enemies Mm -hmm. we can uplift each other we could bounce off each other we could say you know we we could um, articulate ways for us to elevate and get to the next level without mm-hmm. there being, how can I get there before you? How can I this, then that, you know, like this guard doesn't have to turn into, I think most people have guards because we've been hurt. Right. Right. Um, my empathic, uh, you know, nature, nature. Yeah. is like more so like, when someone tells me a story of what they've experienced, I really am processing that almost like it's mine. 
Right. Like, you know, um, that's been a thing that I've had to try to like work out of and set boundaries so that I don't process everybody's emotion all at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I need to figure out how therapists do it. Right. <laughs> I mean, they had years of yeah. like, you know, education and, mm-hmm. and like to, I'm sure even therapists have a therapist. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. So, no. I know therapists <laughs> have a therapist. <laughs> and then I'm their therapist. Right. You know? <laughs> but yeah, um, I think empathy is a very, very strong element to being a safe space for somebody. Right. Um, and it, it should be a requirement when you're searching for a safe space to know, hey, can this be a safe space? And safe spaces change. We right. should discuss that, you know, not everyone will remain a safe space for you. Right. Sometimes people go through things and life changes them a little bit. And maybe they're just not in a space to extend that version of them or they are maybe they've changed and hardened themselves and they're unable to be who they used to be yeah i think we should normalize outgrowing people as well outgrowing people yeah and yeah. know that you know things people have a season and it's okay mm-hmm. you know it's funny that you say that because i'm there right now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is something that i had to learn is um Active listening. Active listening. What is that to you? I the thing is, I didn't realize, I didn't know this until like it's the funniest thing. Okay, I was on this dating app, and I met this guy. He was actually really phenomenal, and I've never experienced somebody who just genuinely listened to everything I had to say without being interrupted. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about how I communicate with other people because. I in my brain's all over the place, you know that. But I was always looking how to respond. And he taught me how to just listen and be in the moment and mm-hmm. actually listen to this person, what they actually have to say. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like even though we didn't work out, I, that was the most beautiful thing. He left you with a jewel. Yeah. And, and that's, that's still good. Like mm-hmm. things don't have to work out for you to learn from someone. Right. Um, that goes back to seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think the concept of active listening depends on your upbringing and um, your, your, the culture of where you, where you were um, learning to communicate. Right. You know, like one household will, will have a different way of listening and communicating than another household. Right. Um, I'm not a person that technically really takes that personally. Because when you bounce, I bounce. <laughs> we right. kind of have a way of having three or four. Well, we just have a regular conversation. It's like three or four conversations in rotation right. with us. And we just kind of click like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are actively listening. We're though. still listening. Yeah. I'm still uh, retaining the information that mm-hmm. you're you're giving me and processing it and giving you feedback. And it's we're bouncing. We just happen to be doing it simultaneously yeah. with multiple conversations. But I understand in in other spaces, I have a friend who's so quiet, you mm-hmm. know, and I have to be actively listening in a different way. I have to make sure that I don't just take over the conversation right. and that I sit back and say, so what were you doing this weekend? And mm-hmm. give her the moment because she won't say anything until you completely say like it's completely silent because her form of communication is she doesn't want to cut you off, right? Mm-hmm. And so she will literally wait 
and just actively listen yeah. and then speak when there's dead silence, right? It's funny because it kind of ties into me as like love language mm-hmm. and like that is her love language. And, like just to be there and to be in silence or whatever. Me and you, it's like let's have something to eat. Let's we bouncing. Yeah, we bouncing. <laughs> but that's so cool because I feel like I have that friend I can bounce with. Yeah. I can't bounce with everybody. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> see, but that's another form of being aware of who you're speaking with and mm-hmm. being um, intentional with that experience. Mm-hmm. That is another part of have, becoming a safe space because there's going to be moments where we have to shift. Our natural nature is this, bouncing off of each other, right. just going, having three, four conversations. That's who we are naturally. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in spaces where we understand that this particular friend communicates differently mm-hmm. and we adjust ourselves to cater to how they need to be handled. Right. That is a, a love. A love. That's showing yeah. a, a very strong uh, way of, of being um, a safe space for somebody, yeah. you know? Um, I think we live in a time where either you're this or you're that. Right. And it, and this is disrespectful if you don't do it this way. And it's like everything is hardcore. Right. But what if we just understood who we are naturally at our own core and it's and we understand it's not our intent is not to be disrespectful. Right. But understanding like, oh, when I'm hanging out with this friend, this is how this person prefers communication. We, we code switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that a form of code switch? But yeah. in a positive way, in a, right? In a good way, though. But it's not a bad thing. Though. We're adjusting to our environment. Yeah. Instead of saying, that's wrong, this is right. Mm-hmm. This, this, or that. But that should be normalized, though. It should be. Look, but we're normalizing it right now. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're a person that's an active communicator, and you're just all over the place, and you bounce like we bounce, mm-hmm. bounce with the people that bounce with you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and if... You're in those settings where you need to kind of be on the calmer side and you need to give that uh, person, that friend, an extra minute or two to process. Do that. Right. So another thing within the safe space is can you handle conflict while still maintaining a safe space? Is it possible? Because for me, it's like, okay, this is the one thing me and my partner, we decided we're not going to fight. Mm-hmm. And it was like an epiphany last year, really. Um, I was looking at somebody on Instagram mm-hmm. and they were talking about, okay, 100 years from now, right? None of this is going to matter. Right. The car you drive, the house five you're in and everything. Yeah, even five years from now. But like truly 100 years from now, this is going to be, somebody else is going to have it. You know, you're, it's no longer going to belong to you. And she she kind of said, like, if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend five minutes on it. And that came my theme for this year, for mm-hmm. 2024, is to argue with your therapist. Argue with your therapist. Yes. I am no Girl. longer going to fight with you. Um, It was one thing we used to do, and it probably got on his nerves so much. And when we would have fight, I would stop. And I'll say, you know what? It takes two people to argue. And I'll quit fighting. And I'm going to remove myself. I will not be the second person. Because we're fighting for what? So when it comes to conflict, I'm a very um, unique individual when it comes to conflict. I can't stand conflict. And I try to avoid it at all costs. Um, But it's not the, the most healthy way to handle conflict. I also believe that how you grew up, your childhood trauma also 
um, structures how you view conflict. Right. I never saw conflict being expressed in a um, healthy way. There was always loud, you know, chaos, you know. And so the inner child, I believe, shrinks a little bit when it comes to conflict. My And I was speaking with a therapist, actually, uh, with my therapist, and she asked me, just a little, she will always drop a little seed, you know, something mm-hmm. you got to think about later. And you're like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what that meant. Right. And it was something along the lines of like, why do you think that this is going to result in that type of reaction? Mm-hmm. And then later on, I was reading a book and it was, um, I think it was Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And also came up again. What do you think is going to happen if you say no? If you say no, what's the conflict that you think you're going to experience? And a lot of times in our head, it's the it's it's um what we may have seen as children mm-hmm. is the assumption of how someone is going to perceive your no or how right. to how they're going to respond to your no. And lots of times I draw back. I if you ever been ghosted by me, boo, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Because mm-hmm. It's my. It's sometimes a, a go to mechanism of avoiding conflict. Yeah. I don't, especially if I know for sure. If I didn't follow your pattern and I didn't see like, mm-hmm. this is not the right energy to be mixing with. Yeah. What is? What would you say is a healthy way of addressing that? Is it just flat out saying like, hey, I don't think that. This, like you mentioned earlier, I don't know, if, I don't think we were recording, but you mentioned earlier growing, outgrowing somebody. Right. I think we have to, even with that too, outgrowing somebody, being able to just let go. And I think that's mm-hmm. from even a, like a traumatic childhood or, you know, like we've seen our parents or our grandparents fight, you know, and they didn't leave each other. Mm-hmm. And so then we have in our mind, okay, we're going to thug it out. We're going to work it out. And then also, too, is just the fact that, um, like kind of you said, piggybacking on what you said, it's just always having the right answer. Look in and see, okay, I am I going to get a physical blow or I'm going to get a verbal blow, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, how can I counteract that? How can I stop this from happening? Yeah, like you're hyper vigilant. Yeah. You know, um, I really, I'm, and I'm navigating that right now, currently in my life, is where I, I strongly feel like I've outgrown somebody. Mm-hmm. And I've presented the conflict and there was like, oh, no, 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 that's not my intention. And then when I saw the intention show its face and I was right the whole time, I have no idea how to navigate through that. I have no idea how to say, hey, <laughs> I see you. Right. So I just wanted to pull us back to something that you said mm-hmm. when you said you have to be right in the in the form of if I'm wrong, it could lead to abuse. Right. It could lead to conflict, a, a, a violent form of conflict. Um, that's the inner child saying, oh, you know, I don't want to show that I can see this. I don't want to call this out mm-hmm. because I don't know if I'm going to physically be abused. And and obviously I'm grown. Right. And I don't think this person is going to step to me like that. <laughs> but it's still in it's the back just of your enough, mind. It's, it's not that I actually, in this present moment, feel like someone's going to hit me. 
or anything like that. It's just I learned that avoidance was survival. Mm-hmm. Avoidance and survival was hand in hand. Right. So just don't even bring that up. Go the other way, and then if there was conflict the next day, everybody act like nothing ever happened. You ever been in a traumatic? Uh, if you ever had a traumatic experience like that as children, where like just living in a chaotic home is always the next morning, nothing ever happened. You are the it's, villain if you say something happened. It's so funny because I really feel as people of color we don't speak about this mm-hmm. because that was my exact same experience, and even now with my partner. I do the exact same thing. And it's just like epiphany once you said that. Because we'll get into an argument. We'll get into a fight. And I just want to let it go. I don't want to talk about it no more. I just want to zoom past it. And I just think it it would be more beneficial or healthier to go back and like, hey, you know, this is how I was feeling at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, or even just apologizing and bring it back up. And just like, okay, from here on out, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, strategize you know? together. Yeah. That's how you grow, I think, in any relationship whether it's romantic or friendship is being able to say hey like i believe that you were wrong in this moment mm-hmm. but i i still love you mm-hmm. i be- and i can even point out and say hey i think i overstepped when i did these things and, and go back and forth and strategize a plan of action like how can we be better moving forward mm-hmm. um the sad part is most friendships don't have that element right you know, like, especially coming from a very sometimes direct person like myself, mm-hmm. um, I've lost friendships by being that loving because what I knew to do in that moment was either be very honest with you or avoid it altogether. Right. I didn't have a middle ground. I felt like I did the same thing, you know, um, or I feel like for me too, what I would do because I would try to avoid conflict at all costs and I, I would have an argument, never bring back up again. Mm-hmm. Six months later, it's exploding. It is exploding. <laughs> it's coming out. It's raw. And it's like, who is this person? Who is this monster? Yeah. And it's just like this person just built up over a period of time. And it's like, it's so funny. Like even this, honestly, I know this, you know, a little bit off topic though, but this is healing for me right now. Yeah. You no, know? this is healing for me too, to, yeah. to say it out loud and to get your feedback on what what you would do in that situation and where it comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we don't go deeper. And honestly, not until recently, people of color have started to acknowledge therapy as an actual thing, yeah. a positive thing. I could tell you I went to a therapist a couple years ago. You think, oh, she crazy. Right. <laughs> and because, some of my family still think. We're taught to not talk about yeah. our problems. Sweeping the rug, it really didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to like, you know, not oh, saying. Oh, it's going far. Yeah. yeah like going real far. Back to like father figures yeah. or whatever. And like, you know, touching children mm-hmm. or whatever. And violating, um, viol- having a level of. Uh, boundary violating your boundaries in spaces yeah. i think um a part of this podcast is breaking those chains and then know? the fact that be comfortable to just say this is what happened yeah and not feel like oh that's in your mind you made it up and it's no. like no but then it's also so weird because then it's like where is that fine line and you know what you that know? bleeds into like you said when the victim is um is casted out or said oh this your opinion is is more so like oh that's a lie or you know it's challenged when we become adults and we are having friendships where conflict is happening and if we see something and point it out and we're told oh no that wasn't my intention that's not right 
you go back to wait am i is my judgment correct right right was i wrong did I, this really happen did it really happen the way i think it happened we gonna need more wine we gonna need more wine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being a part of our conversation as um, we discuss what a safe space is for us and how we are able to hold a safe space for one another. Yeah, I'm just really grateful to even have this experience and for you guys even just tuning in and listening to us and I, it's more to come. Yeah, definitely more to come, man. We had a whole nother episode off camera where we were <laughs> healing together. Um, and that's what this is for. It's for having the extending the conversation. I hope and pray that you guys are listening, but also, you know, expanding on what you've heard today in your own uh, worlds and with your friend groups or with your safe space and just getting to know people on a deeper level and figuring out how, you know, this conversation can be, um, can serve you in a, in a uplifting way, in a, in a way for you to grow. Thanks for tuning in. This was Healing, Healing from, from the, the Chair. chair.